Next up, Campaign Beat, a weekly political analysis program produced by Montana Public Radio. Campaign Beat is hosted by Sally Mock and features Lee Newspaper State News Bureau Chief Holly Michaels and Rob Saldine of the University of Montana's Mansfield Center and Political Science Department. Here's Sally. Rob, Montana's Western District Congressional race features the same two people who vied for the seat the last time, and that's Republican Ryan Zinke and Democrat Monica Trinnell. Zinke is the incumbent, having beaten Trinnell by about three percentage points in that last election. Why do you think she thinks this time will be any different? Well, Sally, I, I think you start with the fact that she didn't lose by much last time. As you say, it was just a little over three percentage points. So she doesn't have to do way better, just a little better. And there's one big reason why it's not altogether unreasonable to think that she could do better this time. And that's the fact that John Tester is on the ballot and the likelihood that she can catch some of his coattails. And the reason this matters is that there's just way more money and resources that pour into these Senate campaigns than you see in a House campaign. And as we've discussed, our particular Senate campaign is quite likely going to be the most contested one in the entire country. Well, this means the tester operation is going to have all the resources it needs to uh, get out the vote and so forth. And two years ago, I think that was a problem for Trinnell. She really needed a big turnout in the Democratic strongholds. But in several of her key counties, uh, turnout was down, in some cases by a lot. Uh, Gallatin, in particular, was a disappointment for her. Well, the tester operation should be able to take care of that problem, and one would assume that nearly all of that will trickle down to help boost Trinnell's numbers, too. So that's some cause for her to be optimistic. Now, the, the, the bad news for Trinnell and Tester, for that matter, is that Trump is also almost certainly going to be on the ticket, and that's going to boost Republican turnout. So one key question in all of this is whether the bump that Trinnell should get from having Tester on the ballot, if that's going to be canceled out or perhaps even swamped by the Trump effect. Mm -hmm. Well, here's Trinnell's new television ad. Montanans know what it takes to be a champion. Early mornings, hard work, dedication. I'm Monica Trinnell. I learned those values growing up on a ranch, represented our country in the Olympics, and spent my career taking on powerful monopolies to save Montanans money. I approve this message. I'll work just as hard in Congress to make sure every Montanan can afford to live and raise a family here. And Rob, most of the video in this ad is of Trinnell rowing, reminding us she was an Olympic rower in case anyone had forgotten. <laughs> right. And Sally, I think even some of that footage that we see there, it was used in her spots from two years ago, although some of it is new. I don't think we saw the, the football images last time and, and whatnot. But yes, it's definitely playing on familiar turf. It's uh, definitely hitting on similar themes, though they are good themes for a Montana Democrat. And of course, I imagine we'll see some familiar material from Zinke as well. I wouldn't be surprised if we we're reminded of his military background, for instance. I guess I'll be more interested to see whether we get a reprise of that snake that featured so prominently at the end of the 2022 campaign. I, I suspect that one might be retired, but we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> Meanwhile, you mentioned Congressman Zinke. He seems to be laying pretty low so far. Far. Is that uh, because he's confident or what do you think? 
Yeah, maybe so. It, it strikes me as kind of a Zinke 2.0 that we're getting this time. You know, for such a long stretch, he was always so aggressive and so ambitious, right, even by politician standards. Yet he uncharacteristically, uh, to my mind, decided to pass on a Senate run this cycle. And, you know, this from a guy who threw his hat in the ring to be Speaker of the House just a few weeks after arriving in Washington as a freshman member of Congress and who humbly suggested himself as a potential running mate for Trump in 2016 when he was still in his first term in the House. And of course, that ambition, that aggressiveness, you got to say it paid off. He, he did, after all, become Trump's Secretary of the Interior. But this time, I wonder if he calculated correctly in my estimation that he had a better chance of retaining the House seat than winning the Senate seat. So you know, Sally, he probably is feeling confident. He's got a straight shot to the general election. Then he's going to face a candidate he's already defeated. Plus, he's got Trump on the ticket, which again is going to bring out a set of voters who otherwise wouldn't show up. And on top of that, all those ethics scandals that dogged him a couple years ago, such a prominent feature of the last campaign. Well, at this point, those are two years further in the rearview mirror, and he may kind of feel like he dodged a bullet on some of that stuff, and maybe it's just time to be thankful that he weathered that storm and, and has his house seat. And the speaker's seat might come open. Who knows? Oh, it, it, right? Yeah, it might. Yeah, several more times. <laughs> <laughs> Holly, Governor Gianforte is expected officially announced this week that he is indeed running for re-election, and he did it via a press release and not a lot of fanfare and not many interviews, if any, as far as I know. Yeah, Sally, this was a pretty low-key way to announce that you're running again. The only interview that I can see he did was with Jonathan Amberry and a TV reporter here in Helena. But otherwise, like you said, didn't do interviews with our reporter. The campaign didn't return a request for comment beyond what was in the press release. Generally, when candidates say they're running for office, they'll do a press conference or something splashy to get attention. Though there is probably less emphasis when you're an incumbent like Gene Forte. Everyone knows who you are already, but it is a more quiet rollout than we're used to. For comparison, when Democratic U.S. Senator John Tester announced he was seeking re-election, I was on the phone with him that day for an interview, and that's pretty typical. When Gianforte ran for governor the first time back in 2016, he had a really big announcement, lots of press, big events, lots of signs out in front of a business in East Helena. But the second time in 2020, he did quietly file his paperwork with the Secretary of State, then made his announcements at the state Republican convention shortly after that. So we've seen kind of both ends from him there. He does have a Republican challenger in his primary race. That's Republican Tanner Smith from the Flathead. But I think it's fair to say it's a pretty heavy lift for Smith. In his reporting, Jonathan Amberian did ask Jim Forte if he's got plans to self-finance his campaign like he did in the past, and there wasn't a really direct answer. But we should note, besides the power of incumbency, Gene Forte does have vast personal wealth to operate his campaign with. Meanwhile, Holly Ryan Bussey, his Democratic opponent, is holding a news conference Tuesday to lay out his agenda. Yep, this is more typical, and especially from a first-time candidate, what we'd see in you know, press conference. This will be held in the rotunda of the Capitol that gets photos with all the trappings of the Capitol around him. That's an image he probably would like people to be seeing. And challengers generally need to be doing events like this where they can help articulate their policy to voters. It gets it out there in a way they hope goes broad across the state and helps them gain traction. So a lot more typical for what you'd see from a challenger. And I would bet as the campaign goes along, we'll see 
events like this from Gianforte. We had a lot of press conferences where he was out in 2020. You know, there's limited availability to ask questions at some of those, but you know, having all the trappings of signs and getting your name and photo in the paper and all that, we'll see probably more from both candidates, so probably a lot more from Bussy as we go along. Rob, Republican Tim Sheehy wants to unseat Senator Tester. He spent part of this past week in Iowa campaigning for Donald Trump, and he also took time to pose for photos with two rather infamous members of Congress, Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia and Ronnie Jackson of Texas. And these are two MAGA heroes that she was posing with. Yeah, they sure are, Sally. You know, you got to remember, our, our parties today are just very weak institutions in the kind of formal elite sense. The real power it, it doesn't lie with folks like Mitch McConnell, right? McConnell may be the Republican leader in the Senate, but he doesn't control who his party nominates. The real power is in the hands of primary voters. And in today's Republican Party, that's the MAGA masses. And they love the Marjorie Taylor Greens. They love the Ronnie Jacksons and, of course, Trump himself. Moreover, Republican primary voters have demonstrated time and time again over the course of eight years that all the things that shock many other Americans, right, the juvenile theatrics and the cruelty, uh, resisting a peaceful transfer of power, January 6th, criminal indictments and so on, these aren't things that have to be overlooked and endured. Quite the opposite. That's what they're here for. So that's the incentive structure at work for Sheehy. And that's why there's no real downside politically for him in whooping it up at the MAGA events in Iowa and posing with Green and Jackson and so forth. And in fact, in Montana, it's not even clear that there's much of a downside when it comes to a general election. If Sheehy does end up being the nominee, he's not going to need a bunch of crossover voters, right? All he needs to win are Trump voters. He just needs to get Trump voters to also vote for him. In fact, he could even lose quite a large number of Trump voters and still win. Holly, Attorney General Austin Knudsen made headlines this week when he said a proposed initiative that would make abortion a constitutional right in Montana is, quote, legally insufficient to be on the November ballot. And supporters, Holly, I'm guessing, of the initiative probably aren't surprised by his decision and they have promised to take him to court. Yep, that's right, Sally. This story was first reported by Amara Silvers at the Montana Free Press, and her coverage explains the attorney general is charged with reviewing every ballot measure proposed in Montana to ensure it passes legal muster. And like you said, the AG here said he found it to be legally insufficient. This is actually the second ballot issue that Knudsen has decided wasn't legally sufficient this cycle. In his memo, he wrote that he felt this measure does what he calls log rolling or putting multiple distinct political choices into one initiative. He also said the language would stop legislators from being able to pass regulations on abortion and would deny voters the ability to express their views on abortion in the future. After Knutson rejected this measure, the Susan B. Anthony group, which opposes access to abortion, praised his move and pointed to similar moves by other attorneys general in Florida, South Dakota, and Arkansas who've worked to halt abortion rights measures in their states. And like you said, the group supporting this measure, they're called Montanans Securing Reproductive Rights. They've said they plan to challenge Knutson's decision, and that looks like what they do is ask the state Supreme Court to allow them to actually go out and gather signatures, kind of overturning what Knutson has said, and that would allow them to try to qualify the measure for the ballot. 
That's what happened with the other measure that Knudsen shot down this cycle. That's one that would propose to allow for a top port primary in Montana. Knudsen made a similar argument when he said that was legally insufficient, saying it was log rolling too. And like we said, the court overturned Knudsen. So we'll have to see what the court does here. This generally moves fairly quick. There's 10 days from when he rejects it to put this appeal before the state Supreme Court. And then they generally act pretty quickly because the measure needs to go out for signature gathering or not. That's a pretty intensive process to get something qualified. So we'll be watching there to see what the high court says. Rob, Democrats would love to see this initiative on the fall ballot. They assume it would bring supporters of legal abortion to the polls and that those supporters tend to vote Democrat up and down the ballot. Yeah, for sure. If it does make it onto the ballot, it's a pretty savvy move on the part of uh, Democrats. Nationally, we've definitely seen in the wake of the Dobbs decision that having abortion on the ballot, it it does galvanize pro-choice Democratic voters. And so Montana Democrats are, are hoping for a replay of what we've seen in other states. Now, where that effect packs the biggest punch is when you've got a low turnout election. In a high turnout election, like we expect 2024 to be, presidential year, high profile Senate campaign, I suspect that any effect from something like this would be much more muted. You got to wonder, you know, who exactly is going to turn out next November to vote on abortion who wouldn't already be casting a ballot in a Trump-Biden rematch? You know, probably not a whole lot of people. But... At the same time, in a really close Senate or congressional or other statewide election, it doesn't take all that many voters to make a big difference. Well, we're out of time, you guys. Holly and Rob, thank you, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Sally. Thanks, Sally. You've been listening to Campaign Beat, a weekly political analysis program produced by Montana Public Radio. Campaign Beat features Rob Saldine of the University of Montana's Mansfield Center and Political Science Department, Lee Newspaper State News Bureau Chief Holly Michaels, and hosted by Sally Mock. Join us next week for more analysis of Montana politics.